Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Chapman, and we've got more draft talk to get to. Uh, the NFL Combine is behind us, thankfully. <laughs> it was an awesome weekend, but it was a long weekend. And what we're going to continue to do is now we're going to continue breaking down our wide receivers. But with where we are now, you know, we started at the top, we kind of worked our way down, and now we are into the quote-unquote sweet spot whenever it comes to where the 49ers are picking. You know, whether you're a 49ers fan or just an NFL draft fan or whatever, uh, this podcast for you today because we're going to be showing film, breaking down three separate players. We've got Justin Jefferson, uh, wide receiver out of LSU, Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver out of Michigan, and Denzel Mims. So all very similar characteristic wide receivers, uh, big-bodied freak athletes that just score touchdowns. So uh, we're going to figure out what we like most about each one of these, but Justin Jefferson's probably the most likely to go before the 49ers are on the board, but uh, there is a small chance that he is still there. Now, the combine of all three of these guys was just stupid. Um, it, it, it was nuts what they were able to put up, but we're going to go through, we're going to talk these three wide receivers, uh, how they would fit the 49ers or any team, uh, who would value them, strengths, weaknesses, all those different things, and go over some films so you're going to get to see some of that. But also, um, on top of that, once we get done, we're going to talk some salary cap. So, you know, I got to ask a question from David T, who's, you know, a longtime listener and supporter of the 49ers Rush Podcast. Really appreciate everything that he's done. Uh, but he wanted to talk a little bit about that. So that's going to be towards the end. And as always, if you guys have questions, do not hesitate. Uh, just make sure you tag me in whatever chat you are listening to. We are on everything. Um, we're all over the place. You know, Instagram Live we've been doing as well. 49ers Rush Podcast. You can subscribe to us over there. Um, you know, we're on Twitter, we're on Periscope, Twitch, uh, Facebook as well. Camilla's doing a heck of a job over there. Juan's doing a great job with Instagram. I'm seeing Devin in the chat as well. And yeah, Devin says, missing your four times a week podcast. The season was great, man. <laughs> and uh, 
you know, I wish that we could continue doing that, but that just took a lot of work. And so I think once we get to the season again, we'll see what we can do. But, uh, you know, we're in the off season and I've just been cranking film. So this is the type of time of year where I am just locked away and just watching as much game film as possible. You know, I'm up to 54 pages of notes just on my draft profiles. I had to separate some of my stats, which is another nine pages on top of that. So uh, just trying to get as much draft content down for you guys so that whenever you ask questions and we want to know who fits and who doesn't fit and things like that and what are some possible targets and why, uh, I want to be able to have those answers for you. So um, as we continue through the draft process, we're just going to keep breaking down positions of need for the 49ers, and we're staying with the wide receiver position. So um, without further ado let's jump into some wonderful highlights and get you guys some film so right off the bat we are going justin jefferson so if you are watching on youtube twitch periscope twitter you're getting to see the film on there so if you're listening traditional podcast means that's great we really do appreciate you and as always rate and subscribe and all that kind of stuff that helps us out tremendously but if you want to see the visualization that is available on those other platforms and you know you can listen as you drive in and then you can check back in and see what we're talking about exactly and the whole goal is there's lots of websites where you can go read draft profiles, and those are great things. I go through all those. But without the film, you're missing out. you got to watch the film. And it, highlights are important because they show you the ceiling of a player, but the ceiling of a player can be deceiving. But you do need to know where that player can be if everything works out perfectly. You know, the wide receiver position, it's one of the most uh, bust-worthy positions out there. And what I mean by that is it, a lot of them don't pan out. And you could talk about how great an athlete and their hands and their highlights and all that stuff. That's great. But until they fit in your scheme, which none of these players run the outside zone kind of play action passing um, that Kyle Shanahan does. So you have to translate the talent that they're bringing about and see how that fits. And so the way in which that we do that is just by watching uh, ridiculous amounts of film, analytics, combine, scouting notes, all those different things. And so here we go. Um, Justin Jefferson, I think the only opportunity that the 49ers could have to get this wide receiver um, is if they stay pat at 31. And even then, I'm saying less than 50% chance he will be there. Um, odds are... This guy's going to go in the 20s. Um, there are lots of – everybody needs wide receivers, especially in today's NFL, because uh, everybody's starting three to four of them, some five. And so you've got to get guys that can do something with the ball. And Justin Jefferson, the thing that separates him over every other wide receiver in this draft, he is a quarterback safety blanket. He's the outlet wide receiver that it just catches everything. If the quarterback's in trouble, and you're going to see that several times again, he's got you know Joe Burrow throwing him the ball, Heisman Trophy winner. But a big reason why Joe Burrow was so successful is that he had his Robin, you know, in Justin Jefferson, six foot one, two hundred and two pounds. He had nine and one eighth inch hands, not ideal, smaller handed dude but 33-inch arms. Now, he comes out, and I thought speed was going to be a concern. Whenever I wrote down all of my, I guess, draft um, you know, breakdown of him, I kept saying, not sure about his top-end speed. He's quick, 
but not sure where he's at. Well, he answered that question at the combine. He comes out and runs a 4.4340, which is wonderful. <laughs> no problem there. Now, we knew he would be explosive. He gets a 37.5-inch vertical and a 10-foot-6 broad jump. Broad jump's important and vertical's important because it shows explosiveness. You've got your speed in the 40, and then you're explosive. Now, what type of athlete are these guys? And of the three we're talking about, Justin Jefferson did very well. Um, he definitely did the worst of the three, but he checked off things that were question marks, and that was top end speed. Four four three is just fine for a wide receiver. Nothing to be upset about at all. Now, uh, again, back to as you guys are watching this film, the things that he does the best, he catches everything. Two year starter at LSU, and you know, 165 receptions, 2,400 yards. Uh, he averaged 14.6 yards per carry, so that's wonderful. Always out of the slot, though, so that is a little bit of a concern. Um, you know, he led the NCAA with 111 catches in 2019, was third in yards, 1,540 yards. Obviously, the offensive output that LSU had in 2019 in their road to the championship was second to none. Uh, you could say one of the best offenses in history. Now, a, a concern, and for some teams, it's going to be a concern. For other teams, they're going to see this as an asset. He did it predominantly out of the slot. Um, that's a problem. Yeah, he played a total of 937 snaps in 2019. 870 were from the slot. So now you've got to question, man, can he beat press coverage? It, it, can he just play that big slot role? You know, for the longest time, it was Julian Edelman. You know, you've got these little kind of Wes Welker shifty slot guys like Trent Taylor. Now the NFL is starting to say, well, wait a second. Let's rethink this. And let's move to these bigger slot guys, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, Jalen Hurd, who the 49ers drafted last year. And that's what Justin Jefferson kind of excels at. Um, he caught 50% of his deep balls, so balls traveling 20-plus yards in the air, 9 of 18. Um, 9.4 average depth of target. That's pretty low. Uh, but what he brings to the table is he maximizes his talent. He is a guy that's going to scratch and claw and do every single thing he can on every single play. A decent blocker, not the best. Uh, sometimes he totally uh, he likes his initial contact, and he's a willing blocker in those parts, but he doesn't stick. But his football IQ is high enough, and you see here if you're watching now, uh, he'll turn his butt to the ball whenever he's run blocking, which is key because that shows he understands the play design, the play development, and it's kind of a next-level thing. So he has all of the tools. He just has to learn how to sustain his blocks just a little bit better. So uh, definitely some room to grow there, but any team that's a power running team or a zone running team like the 49ers, they're not going to take him off their draft board because of his blocking um, credibility. So he's going to be just fine in that caveat. But again, the slot issue is something I keep coming back to. Now, he's a guy that's tough. He's so sure-handed. Uh, you, you, the amount of targets that this kid received... It's dumb. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, he had 220 targets, and he only dropped seven of them. So that's a 5.8% drop rate, which is solid. Uh, you know, we'll get through Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's up next. You know, he had 177 targets. So this is a guy that had 50-plus targets on top of, you know, another wide receiver that started an extra year on top of him. But he catches everything. You don't have to worry about routine drops or anything like that with him. His body awareness is great. Um, and it, there's definitely some room he can grow. 
Now, if the 49ers stay put at 31 and Justin Jefferson's there, he's kind of your, how do I say this? Um, to, to steal a phrase from the Move the Sticks podcast, he's, he's, he's a layup in the fairway. He's not a guy that's going to bust. He's a very safe prospect in the fact that he runs clean routes. Um, he's a team player. He's all-out effort, all-out football, catches everything. But he's not going to be that huge home run pick. He's one of those guys that's going to be an 8- to 10-year starter, um, and he's going to be around for a while. They, kind of the players that I had whenever I comped him out, uh, Marvin Jones came to mind. Um, not as big of a deep play wide receiver, but in the offense that he played with Joe Burrow, as you watch this, it's quick passes. It's snap and get the ball out. So we haven't seen him have that opportunity for more deep ball stuff. Um, I Again, I said who Devontae Parker should have been coming out of college. Those are the types of guys. And whenever you look at the athletic profile with you know 40-yard dash, things like that, this is what actually comes to mind for me. Um, now what we're going to do is we're going to take up to number two. Let's step off um, real quick. Let me just see if there's any questions real quick uh, about this wonderful guy again, Justin Jefferson from LSU. And it, it, I, I will say this, and I don't want to – how do I say this? Whenever I watched his film, I just kept saying, okay, jack of all trades – um, catches everything, short body receiver, uh, decent release, but against the slot, so we don't see him versus press. Uh, contested catches are okay as long as it's over the middle. Uh, he can run the fade route. He could do a little bit of everything, but he doesn't do anything great. There's nothing that he is better at than any other wide receiver that is out there. Um, so it, that's kind of where we're at with him. Again, th this is your safe play. This is your Tony Gwynn. You hit singles. You get to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's not going to be the guy that's going to have all the highlight reel catches and all those things. Not who he is. But that's not a negative. He's consistent, um, and he constantly is just putting up positive plays. And move, he's a chain mover is what he is. All right, let's move over to contestant number two in the 49ers rush dating game. Now we've got one of my favorite guys, okay? Denzel Mims, quarterback out of Baylor. Um, the 49ers are no stranger to Baylor wide receivers as we drafted Jalen Hurd in the third round last year. And it, it doesn't take long, if you're watching with us, to see the similarities. The dude is jacked. <laughs> Six foot three, 207 pounds, and he is he developed. That's all I got to say. I, I'm a Longhorn fan. And the growth that his body took between his junior and senior year at Baylor, he put on some muscle. You could tell he spent time in the weight room. Uh, he was a track speedster, 200-meter champion, and excellent. Uh, he ran a 21.3 in the 200 meters. So for my track people out there, you kind of understand uh, where this guy is. Anything under 22 in high school level is elite. The guy's a strider. And so we thought that he would test well at the 40. Well, guess what? He put everybody, he put a smile on my face because I liked him and I kind of had him in that third to fourth round um, territory because it's such a deep wide receiver class. Well, then he comes out and runs a 4-3-8 and that wasn't even the best thing he did. The best thing he did was his three-cone, which Kyle Shanahan loves this uh, metric more than anything else, the three-cone drill. Um, he ran a 6.66, which is a devilish number on a couple different uh, metrics, but that is special. Anything under seven, Kyle Shanahan, he won't touch a wide receiver if they're not under seven. He's well below that. 
Um, he had a 10-foot, 11 broad jump, and a 38-and-a-half-inch vertical. The guy is just explosive. So power throughout his entire body, lower body strength for sure. Uh, he's a speed guy, but he's not like one of those quick athletes. He's a power speed guy, and you can see that in his broad jump and his vertical. Very, very explosive. Now, hand size, 9 and 3 8 inch hands, 33.78-inch, so almost 34 inch arms that's wonderful he's in the 90th percentile and a couple different metrics um arm length 40 yard dash broad jump three cone so you're talking an a plus athlete uh that can play football now some concerns because it's baylor they have a very simple route tree. Uh, the play that's showing right now is a double move. Uh, he kind of does a, a corner post or an out and post or whatever you want to call it, flag route, reverse flag route, whatever, out and go, doesn't matter. It's a double move. Uh, the thing that you like is that he sells it with his head. Uh, that That's awesome with his eyes. A lot of wide receivers don't do that, so that's a positive. But a lot of his routes are just hitch routes, bubble screens, slants, fade routes. That's about it. He doesn't do a lot more than that. So you do have to say he's going to have a little bit of a learning curve whenever it comes to running routes, but his hands, good gosh. 50-50 ball winner. Um, I, I, I wrote that down, and then I went back and I bolded it. Then I went back and I underlined it. Then I went back and I made it all caps. Because if that ball is around him, you can tell he's played basketball. And it's kind of just chunk it up in the post and let him go get it. He, he high points the ball. And with a guy that's 6'3 with a 38.5-inch vertical, you see repeatedly in every single game, he goes and snags it. And his hands, if it hits him in the hands, he's going to get it. Now, a lot of circus catches, and with circus catches comes drops because while, yes, he's got to come down with a lot of them, he doesn't get them all. Um, Denzel Mims, you know, if you look at, he had a 9.3 drop rate, which is problematic. He had seven drops on, um, 13, 316 targets. Okay. Now the problem with this is the quarterback play was good, but he doesn't get a lot of separation on his routes. And a lot of that is just the scheme that Baylor runs. Uh, it's quick passing. It's just get the ball to your athletes, let them do track meet type stuff and just let them get out there. Um, you know, he is three year starter. He had 186 receptions for just under 3000 yards. He averaged 15.7 yards per reception. That's wonderful. 28 career touchdowns. That's awesome. Problems and some metrics that raise concern. Again, we talked about the drop rate. Also 2.8 yards after the catch. He's not a guy that's going to generate a lot of uh, yak. It's not what he is. So Debo Samuel, yes, that's what he does. But the problem is, is because they're contested catches. And so whenever the ball is thrown to him, he's going to catch it, but he's got guys draped all over him. He's not a separation guy. Um, also 10 for 27 on deep balls. Again, that's 20 yards or more. And he had a 14.9 a dot. That's average depth of target was 14.9 yards in the air. Um, but he wins contested catches. He had the second most contested, contested catches of anybody in college football. So he's a guy that can go get it. Superb athlete. Uh, very physical blocker. Again, doesn't hold his blocks for as long as you would like, so he could work on that. But uh, I really like this guy. I, I think he's turned into kind of a crowd favorite whenever you're talking about the NFL draft. He's one of those guys that just... His ceiling is way past Justin Jefferson, way past. 
This guy has the physical tools, just the body development, to put Justin Jefferson to shame. However, he doesn't run the routes, and he's from a very simplified system. Uh, you couldn't say that for LSU. So a little bit more risk is involved with this guy. Better athlete, um, and he does have fumbling issues. Uh, you'll see if you watch through this, and again, if you want to watch all of this uh, film breakdown where I go through their release, uh, catch point, and all that stuff, a much more intensive, um, again, I think each one of them was 18. I loaded all three of these videos up on the Patreon page. And again, if you want to support the podcast, the best way to do that, head over to the Patreon.com. There's an app that's free as well. Uh, just type in 49ers Rush Podcast. It's $8 a month, and you get all of these prospect video breakdowns. Again, um, it's about 18 to 20 minutes on each wide receiver or each draft prospect as we go up through the draft and it's year round well as soon as the draft's done i'll start breaking down film and scheme stuff and make sure that we get you guys all the content that you could ever want that's what we are going to continue doing all right let's move on to our wide receiver number three today and that is none other than donovan peoples jones um this guy Ah, now we're into kind of question mark territory. And we start with the highlights, determine the ceiling, then we work our way through everything that we're going to do with the film. And you're about to see an amazing punt return, a great punt returner, and this guy's just an athlete. Now, the production sucked at Michigan because Michigan has a coach who we are all familiar with in Harbaugh uh, <laughs> that loves to run the ball, and he loves to just soak up clock, and he did that. So you're looking at Donovan Peoples-Jones, 6'2", 212, 10 and 1 8 inch hands, gigantic hands, 33 and a half inch arms, long arms, ran a 4'4", great time, 44 and a half inch vertical at 212 pounds. The dude is a leaper, 11 foot seven broad jump, almost broke the all-time record. So athleticism as A plus as A plus as A plus can get. This guy has it all. Coming out of high school, five-star recruit, some people had as the number one overall player, number one skill position player, all those things. Mr. Michigan, whenever it came to sports, um, all those different things. And, I mean, all state honors in the 4x100 relay, a 100-meter champion. He ran a 10-9, so a sub-11-100. This guy can absolutely fly. Now, concerns. Obviously, production. Quarterback play was, here we go, here's the word of the day. Y'all ready? Everybody get ready to take a shot. Abysmal. It was so bad. Um, he was a three-year starter, only 103 receptions, 1,327 yards, uh, 14 touchdowns. So that's not ideal. But he's one of those players that when you watch him, you just say, okay, this guy's best play, it's, it's ahead of him. Um, you're not drafting where he is. If you are drafting on what he has done, you're thinking probably, you know, fourth to fifth round. Now you're watching the highlights right now and you're saying, well, hold on, John, this guy's making a fool out of everybody. You're right. But whenever you watch the game film, he disappears. And again, how much of that is his fault? The scheme, the quarterback, um, it's a little bit of everything. I do think that he is going to be a much better pro than he was a college player. But he's, again, and, and I think that this shows something that we miss a lot of times. You know, yeah, let's just talk Patrick Mahomes for a second. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. What happened if the Browns did draft him? They passed on him. What if the Browns drafted him? And 
would he have turned out the same as he is in Andy Reid with all those you know weapons out there? I don't think he does. And you could say the same thing for wide receivers. Now, we're concerned with the 49ers. Any one of these three wide receivers can flourish in Kyle Shanahan's system. It's one of the most wide receiver-friendly offenses out there. Um, but, it's sad whenever you say that and then think about Donovan Pettis, but these guys have to go to a place where they're going to be used properly. This is a freak athlete, Donovan Peoples-Jones, that every single team is going to want on their board. But... He's not a guy that's going to work everywhere. And, you know, if you are one of those Ravens or 49ers or Tennessee Titans that's just a dominant running game, that's fine. He likes to block. He's very, very physical. He's going to help you in that area. But if you put this guy in a place like, uh, shoot, the Cardinals, uh, somebody that's going to air it out, then I think that's what's going to be his best situation. So we'll have to see what happens. But this guy just needs the ball in his hands. Obviously, punt return, all those different things. You know, I only forced four missed tackles this year, uh, which is 306th. That's the 306th qualifying player. Uh, not ideal, but he didn't get the ball a lot. He really, really didn't. He had four drops on 177 um, targets. You know, that that's one of those things that, you know, that's a 9.5% drop rate. And let me just explain drop rate. Um, so, again, dropped passes on catchable balls. So, I four drops on 177 targets. Not all those were catchable. That's just how many times the ball was thrown his way. Um, on catchable balls, he had a 9.5% drop rate. That comes from Pro Football Focus. That's where I get that from. Um, so, again, lack of production, that is definitely a concern and something that, you know, you want to watch with. Uh, let's see what he can do. That's kind of that's kind of where we're at. So, anyway, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. If you want to see all of the videos there, uh, again, head over to patreon.com and you just look up 49ers Rush Podcast. Join us over there. And, again, as soon as you join Patreon, you get every single video that we've ever done. Um, so that's going to be access to you. We are loading stuff. Uh, I've loaded three, uh, all three of those today, and we're going to keep, you know, working on that. But uh, here's the deal. You can go back and watch game film, uh, which are on there as well, where you have all 22 coaches tape. You have the end zone view. You have, um, the wide 22, uh, where you can see all of the scheme stuff. All that's there for every single game. Um, since we started this, you know, this was asked to get started last time to get more content out there youtube kept blocking everything so anyway head over there if you want to do that now just a couple questions and then i want to talk some salary cap and so i appreciate you guys's patience on that so here we go from the geek freak john i take a wide receiver over a safety with our first pick regardless of us trading back or not so here's the deal with the safety and wide receiver position this draft is deep at a couple areas, okay? Wide receivers are the deepest position by far, perhaps ever. Um, now, there's not that top end Julio Jones or A.J. Green or whatever, but there's 20-plus wide receivers that are going to have a first or second round grade for me. Uh, somebody's got to fall there. Cornerbacks, super, super deep. Um, there, there's probably about 10 corners that are going to fit the 49ers, um, kind of big, tall, cover three type position that's huge at the top end you've got safeties and you've got offensive tackles there's a lot of guys in those uh, groups as well now after the top level they disappear so now we're getting into the question what do you do do you the 49ers have a first round pick number 31 overall then we don't pick again till we're in the hundreds fifth round 
We got a waste. So even if we do trade back, you might be able to get two kind of day two prospects, or you can get one guy that falls through the draft. Now, there's lots of positions of need. Uh, maybe not need. There's lots of teams with positions of need. The 49ers don't have a lot of position needs. We are returning the most starters in the NFL, especially after we uh, sign Eric Armstead. We're returning starters on both offensive defense. Right now, the only players, you know, again, if we're just saying with free agency, staying where it is, Emmanuel Sanders, you've got Eric Armstead, and Jimmy Ward. That's really it. Outside of that, every single starter is coming back. So, you know, if you want to just stay there and take best player available and you think that's wide receiver and it matches a need, no problem there. I don't think a lot of people would be upset if we draft a wide receiver in the first round. However, um, I would say corner and safety are a little bit bigger need uh, with where we are at. But if we address any of those positions, I would be just fine. Um, even offensive tackle, I think, is going to be a need long term. But if you're just trying to roll everything out now and win now, then that that's your thing. From Nick, John, where's your confidence level at with Lynch Shanahan from the front office for this upcoming season? Man, I mean, John Lynch just won <laughs> front office of the year, uh, general manager of the year. Kyle Shanahan should have won coach of the year. It's total BS that he did not win that. Uh, you're going to give it to John Harbaugh, who had a playoff team for three straight years, and then guess what? They lost in the divisional round with uh, – I don't understand that. Uh, you had a team go from number two overall pick to the Super Bowl. Uh, anyway, whatever. Take that for what you want. Uh, my confidence level's high. Now, there are a couple concerns that I do have with some of their tendencies. You know, they do not value offensive guards. So I think that's another position that I would love to see them draft. I, if we drafted an offensive guard or a center in the first round, I would be pumped because the 49ers have struggled with powerful three techniques. Look no further than the Super Bowl. You got to stop that. But uh, I just don't think that they're going to spend any draft capital um, any premium draft capital there. So that's a concern. Um, I hope we don't draft any more injured players. I, I don't want that either. But uh, no, I love this front office. Very happy with where we are. Here we go. Another question from Nick real quick. What team in our division presents the biggest threat to the 49ers this season? You've got to stay with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, as long as Russell Wilson's there, they're going to be a playoff contender each and every year. They're trying to figure out if they want Jadavian Clowney now. Uh, he's wanting 20, I think 22 million a year to stay, and they're seriously considering it. So they have had some bad contracts in the past. Um, you know, Clowney didn't have a great year. He had two huge games. One was in the playoffs, and the other one was against us. So um, we'll just have to see what happens there. Uh, I think you definitely have to say the Seattle Seahawks. And then Arizona's coming up, and they played us well twice. So uh, we're in the toughest division of football, and it's not close. So we're going to have a lot of competition. It's not going to be a cakewalk. Uh, you still got to win your division to get to the Super Bowl, and it's going to be tough. The Rams are going to improve, even though they don't have any picks or money. <laughs> but I don't think they're going to have the same type of year they had last year. Here we go. Uh, Mr. Superfly, do you see the Hawks getting Delpit or McKinney? Uh, they need safeties. They do need safeties. Uh, we saw them take a safety early in Earl Thomas. I don't think there's anybody in this draft that is even close to there. Um, I think they picked them 16 that year off the top of my head. I could be wrong about that number. Um, but, it, yeah, uh, both of them would fit. Again, I'm very high on Delpit. I just think that he is the best safety in this class. And I think Antoine Winfield, he gained a lot of ground. 
a lot of ground. So, uh, you know, that that's just one of those things. Take it what you will. I don't want them to get anybody. I, I love how they waste their first-round picks. So <laughs> hopefully we get to see that again uh, because, yeah, we've seen them do it quite a few times. Now, real quick, let's jump over to the salary cap. And a couple things I want to talk to you about. Number one, where are the 49ers now? And where is that going long-term? Now, if you head over to Spotrack, which is what I use most of my salary cap stuff for, Over the Cap is another great site as well. But for some reason, I just, I don't know. I always go to Spotrack first. Uh, take that for what you want. So the NFL team salary cap tracker. Now, this is based on a assuming the salary cap is going to be $199 million moving into 2020. Now, the problem with this is the CBA is still in limbo, and I think if it gets passed, I don't think it will, but if it does get passed in this initial vote, I think it would go up. I, you know, they, they haven't said exactly what the cap's going to be. My guess is $202 million. Those are the projections I used. I think it could be anywhere from $206 million to like $197 um, off the top of my head. So there's a lot of range to where it can go, but I think it's going to pass 200. Now, if we stay with just the numbers, they're using 199. The 49ers are close to the bottom. $17.8 million in cap space. Now, um, that's bad. <laughs> but it, it, once you break down the contracts, guess what? The 49ers have the second most players signed. We have the second most starters currently returning. So we don't need all of that cap space. We've been kind of used to the 49ers just going out there and signing everything and all that stuff. Well, guess what? Yeah, those times are done for sure. But why would we need to go out there and add? We have our starters in place. Now, obviously, there's a couple places you could improve, and you want to do that through the draft and through some cheaper contracts. The 49ers have not gotten any comp picks since you know the Kyle Lynch and John Shanahan were in here because the way compensation picks work is uh, basically three things. One, it's, it's a simple integer process. And what I mean by that is if you lose somebody, let's say Eric Armstead, we don't resign him, and he goes and signs with the Jets for you know a four-year, $80 million deal, whatever, um, that would count for us in cap space. But if we sign somebody for four years, $80 million, they completely negate each other. So you have to lose more than you bring in. We have been bringing in more than we lost. We were a bad team. And then we retained a lot of our talent, and we continue to retain our t talent. Um, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, very loyal. They want to build up their talent from within. So here's the three parts that figure into compensation picks the following year. So let's say this goes, we lose way more than we get in 2020. We don't get comp picks until the 2021 draft. So it's a suspended a year. Um, number one is playing time. So again, Eric Armstead goes and plays the entire year plays every position for the Jets. That's going to boost up our comp pick up to a third round pick probably. Next is money. How many dollars is another team paying the talent that leaves us? And number three, postseason awards. Things like the Pro Bowl, All-Pro, Comeback Player of the Year, things like that. Uh, so those three things, you add up all the free agents you bring in, you subtract all the free agents you lose out, and the teams that lose the most get the most comp picks. There's 32 comp picks, one for each team awarded, but some teams, like the Seattle Seahawks and the Patriots, uh, they get three to five picks every year because they just lose more than they bring in. I think that this year is going to be the very first time um, that we are going to be awarded comp picks next year. And the following year is going to be even worse. So the, it's good news, bad news. Good news, you're getting extra draft picks. Bad news, yeah, you're losing a lot of talent. 
So that plays into it as well. So back to the 49ers and where they are now. They currently have $17.8 million in cap space. Again, Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward, and Emmanuel Sanders. No way you can bring all three of them back. You can't do it. And you still have to have money for uh, rookies. So if we look at you know where the 49ers cap is, there is a wonderful thing that is always referenced called dead cap space. Okay, These are players you still have to pay for that you don't have anymore. So whenever you release a player and they don't go through the full extent of their contract, you still have to pay a lot of that. Now, good news. The 49ers are like dead last in the NFL in dead cap space. They like have none. We owe $298,000 in dead cap space. And I'm going to tell you who they are. Um, Most of these are rookies that we cut. And so whenever you cut a rookie that you drafted, um, you have, that's guaranteed, Uh, you know, part of the old collective bargaining agreement was rookies that are drafted get guaranteed pay for the majority of it. So here we go. Caden Smith is number one. We owe him $150,000. He's playing for the, (laughs) the New York giants. Uh, so he's gone. The next one's really interesting. Marcel Harris, $83,000. We are paying Marcel Harris, but I, why do we have to pay him dead cap money? He's on our team. So why is that dead cap space? Here's why. We drafted him, and then we waived him. We didn't have enough until we had injuries. Then we brought him back. So we have to pay him. It's like a separate, pay, uh, a completely separate player. So we have to pay him $83,000 this year on his rookie deal. But when we cut him and nobody picked him up and then we brought him back, we had to do a new contract. So he's getting paid the dead cap space from his rookie contract and he's getting paid with what we got now. Now he's not like banking or anything. You know, he made 83,000 that he's going to get and then, you know, his base salary is 435,000 a year. So he's playing for the vet minimum. Um, but he did get that extra like kind of 83,000 on top of it. Uh outside of that, you know, it gets really really small. We owe Adrian Colbert 21,000, Malik Henry 10,000. Um, Kevin Givens, Jamal Garcia, Demetrius Flanagan, Tyree Mayfield, Winton Spate, uh, Ross Reynolds. So that's it. We do not have a huge number there. Now, let's look at who is probably going to be a problem long-term with dead money and how this works. I think this will probably answer a a lot of the questions. Um, Here's the deal. Our center, Western Richburg, we signed a five-year, $47.5 million contract with this bad boy. Okay. Now, he hasn't been healthy. He's been injured both years. Played through it. Very, very tough. You love that. Perfect fit in our scheme, but just can't get healthy. I don't think that he's going to be healthy. So we have him signed all the way through 2022. Now, we do have a potential out, but it comes with consequences. And, <coughs> excuse me, here's the issue. Let's say we cut... Western Richburg now, okay? We we don't want him back in the 2020 season just because he can't stay healthy and he's too expensive. So if we keep him or if we cut him, if we keep him, okay, he is still getting paid a ridiculous amount of money, okay? He is getting paid, he counts $4.3 million against the cap, but we already front-loaded a lot of his money. He's getting 11.5 dead cap space. So he's already been paid that. Yeah, through signing bonuses and all this kind of stuff, whatever else. There, there's lots of different things. But that's what he counts against the cap for us this year. 
Okay, 11.5 in dead cap that we've already attributed and another 4.3 on top of that. So that's 15 million plus. Let's say we cut him. Okay, if we cut him, we get back seven million dollars. So we're getting back some money. But again, that's 15 million plus. And then if you look at what happened next year you're still going to be losing another $8 million next year. So let's say we cut him. We still have to pay for him this year and another $8 million next year. So is he worth it? You're only going to save $2 million next year. So the question comes into effect here. We owe this guy money next year, okay? He's going to be $11 million versus the cap. If we cut him now, we're only saving $2 million next year, and then we're only saving... Uh, the following year gets bigger, about $7 million, okay? Uh, so even if he doesn't play, the way in which that they figure these contracts is they don't want their players to get cut. So they build in these financial traps to make you keep these players on the roster. And for some reason, let's say Western, I'm not saying we should cut them. I'm just using them as an example. But if we do cut this guy, you are losing a considerable amount of money. Um, again, uh, the cap is huge. He's getting $11.5 this year whether we cut him or not. Doesn't matter. If we cut him right now, he's still getting $11.5 million in 2020. Then if we cut him next year, he's going to be getting $8.4 million. The following year, he's down to $5.3 million. So that money is going to Western Richburg. Now the question is, is saving the little bit of money, is it worth to cut him and just not have him on your team at all to save $7 million this year? It might be. It might be, um, and that's kind of where it's at, is you have to kind of say, look, this money's gone. We've already accounted for it. We have to pay it. We can't get out of it, but is it worth saving $7 million this year and keeping somebody like Emmanuel Sanders and just saying, you know what? We're going to move on at center, but I can't tell you this, and I said earlier, Kyle Shanahan doesn't value offensive guards. He sure as hell values centers, and if, for those of you that are just saying, oh, keep Ben Garland in there. He's pretty old. I think he's 32. So that's fine if you want Ben Garland for one year. You've got to get a long-term replacement through free agency or the draft at some point, and you can't really rely on a fifth-round pick uh, being a starter at center. Now, understand we've got George Kittle in the fifth round. I understand we got Drake Greenlaw in the fifth round. Those are anomalies. <laughs> Teams don't do that, and I don't think that any team wants to go into the draft thinking, hey, we have our future because we have a fifth-round pick. Let's just use that. Uh, that's not going to work. So anyway, take that for what you want. Hopefully that answers some questions. Uh, just wanted to get on with you guys and talk some more draft. Um, we've got more stuff coming your way. As always, please hit me up on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. Head over to NinersRush.com if you want to check out some audio and some video. We got a lot of stuff over there. And as always, guys, stay strong. We will be back with you guys soon. Stay strong, faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.